Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep heart. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side. It's the 49er Faithful the UK show. Week 7 is upon us, and the 5-1 Niners head to Minnesota to face the 2-4 and four Vikings. The Niners will want to bounce back after last week's disappointing loss, and a prime-time Monday night showdown against Kirk Cousins might be just what we need. I'm Gareth Ellis, and the gang's all here. It's Lee Gowland. Hi, guys. Gareth scared me there. He looked really serious when he started the show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Paul Hope. What's up, Fairfell? And Maggie Kaur. Hello, everyone. So uh, good to see you, gents. Uh, particularly the gents at the top of the screen there. Well, it's good to see you too, Maggie. Um, uh, I, haven't caught, I haven't caught up with the watch party. I, I trust you enjoyed yourself and your voices. Are they going to hold out throughout all of tonight's pod? I, I don't mind it's going to hold out just for the history section. Never mind the whole pod. <laughs> says says the guys that done an hour and a half podcast yesterday about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but if you had listened to it, my voice didn't all that. <laughs> no, I know it didn't. That's true. I did listen yeah. to it. It was good. It was a good recap. Uh, definitely made me a little jealous. Just a little bit jealous. But not too much. Well, I'm often quiet, Gareth. So as you can tell by my voice, I did the live on Tuesday. Had to carry Nick because his voice was gone. And Obviously. then I had to carry El President Air last night. So just shy and Obviously. quiet, Mr. Hope here. I'll, I'll be all right, buddy. But yes, we, we, we had an all right time, Gareth. I don't Good. think you missed much. <laughs> no, it didn't look like we, we'd missed much at all, did we, Nagy? No, no, not that much. Just, you know, didn't just, the just daily. Yeah, if exactly. any of us just go missed, missing, legend. don't go off our Facebook profiles because there's quite a lot of the same profile pictures. <laughs> Nagy's <Matthew's laughs> <Just, laughs> Why do you all look like Joe Staley? That's weird. <laughs> Paul did any Walker didn't even get a shout on. That's for, uh, honestly that was pretty cool that he showed up. He's, I, yeah. I, I'll tell you what. I mean, you, you, I think you've both met um, Ollie Stressfield, haven't you? Yes. Yes. I mean, Joe even made Ollie look small. Yeah, well, that's you know, if you ever met any player, especially linemen, God, they're they're big people. They are big. They're really big people. I always remember uh, when I was in uh, Los Angeles for New Year's Eve. A long time ago now. Um, there was Stanford. No, there was there was some kind of college. There was a Rose Bowl. So there was two college teams playing, obviously. And they were in the ESPN uh, cafe in um, Disney World. And the whole team was there. And I remember they all came out at the same time. And we, we were in a queue with Annalise. And it was just like, oh, my God. These people are barely 20 years old. And they are gigantic. It's scary. And they're not even like in the NFL and started proper working out. It's insane how big these people are. It's pretty cool. So, shall we? Uh, let's start with the injury uh, report, the banged up bulletin. Uh, that's me. Unless you've been hiding underneath a rock, you'll be well aware that both CMC and Debo left the game last week and did not return. And Trent Williams played most of the game through an ankle injury. The good news is all see all three seem to have avoided some significant injuries. Um, they're all listed as questionable uh, for for the, for this game. Uh, considered day to day. And obviously the extra day's rest for Monday night football will undoubtedly help. But it is unclear how much and whether all three will play. Also injury news, uh, Sammy Womack and Danny Gray will be eligible to return from IR. But it is unclear <laughs> uh, if they will be. Uh, and finally, uh, the injury report's getting a, a bit bigger these, these weeks. Uh, big play, Dre Greenlaw missed the Browns game 
uh, and is still listed as questionable, though I, I do believe people are fairly hopeful that he will be able to play on Monday. Uh, over to the Vikings side, obviously the big news is star receiver Justin Jefferson is now on IR and will definitely miss the game. He's joined on IR by linebacker Marcus Davenport and the Vikings backup QB, our old mate Nick Mullins. Uh, also listed as questionable are two guys I must admit I've never heard of. Cornerback Caleb Evans and a guard Ezra Cleveland. Um, no idea if that's going to have any real impact on the Vikings it, at all. It, it will do if Ezra Cleveland's missing. He's a really good uh, offensive guard. Good. Hey. Especially with good the name and the last game. We don't want now. No. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> but, uh, talking about our injuries, how do you think we should manage this little rush of injuries to key players? Uh, Nadri, you're uh, usually our resident doctor. <laughs> That's true. I don't know why, because uh, yeah, my zero year of medical school is definitely showing sometimes. Uh, I guess I play the game, so I've been hurt the same way. Um, I don't that know. Makes I, you qualify. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I think it's it's one of those where you, you want to stack win as soon as possible to be able to rest player later down the line. Our bye week is in uh, soon, but not that soon. A couple of weeks, yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's always difficult, isn't it? I think ultimately these guys are professionals and they're football players. If they can play, they should play. That's that's my mantra. Uh, if I if I can be on the field, I will be on the field. There's only uh, there's there's three ways you can be as a player non-injured hurt and injured and no one is non-injured that doesn't exist everybody's hurt and injured are people that can't play uh so if you're hurt you're on the field that's that's how it goes and that's that's the saying i have uh when when we play with people you're going to play hurt um as part of the game unfortunately but it's also kind of cool um i mean i don't know but yeah i i Let's put them in. Just put 30 points in the first half and then sit them out. And then the job done. You know, that's that's what you do. Oh, I'd agree. Concise there. Uh, any, any disagreement uh, with Naji? No? Stunned silence. <laughs> uh, well, we, we, we defer to your uh, wisdom and injury history, Naji. Yeah, uh, I will say then... the, the McCaffrey injury sounds exactly what I did this year. I kind of bruised the intercostal slash rib. Felt like I broke my rib, but turned out it wasn't. It was really painful. I had to get out of the game, but then it dissipated a little bit as I was resting on the sideline. Went back in for a couple of plays and then couldn't breathe again. Uh, pretty much straight away as soon as I got hit. Um, and it sounds like that is pain tolerance thing. So it, it goes from severe to manageable and then back to severe and back to manageable. Uh, they have better doctors than we have, and I'm sure it'll be, it'll be all right. But, yeah, that, I, I hope it's that. I hope it does not. He hasn't broken anything because that's a little longer to, to heal. I think we're, we're pretty sure it's, a, it's, it's not a break, isn't it? So they've had plenty of time to be scanned and, and, and x-rayed and checked. So uh, let's, uh, let's hope that extra day's rest on Sunday. Will, oh, I hope, Tom. Bring them out for the out for the game. So while we haven't been division rivals with the Vikings, um, we do have a little bit of history with them, particularly when it comes to some playoff games. Uh, what have you got for us in history corner this week, Lee? So first of all, first of all, I would say technically, technically, you're wrong. It all depends on whether or not you see it as a conference or a division. It was actually called a conference, but we were part of the Western Conference before the merger back in 1970. 
um, and we were in before the same my time, <laughs> Before <laughs> my time, too. Are you I sure? Know about my history. I, I, I think some, well, yeah. some women from the metro. Uh, yeah, would, I'll, I'll take the disagree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the 49ers Vikings. The 49ers currently lead the series 25-23 with one tie. Um, and for the very observant of you, you'll have worked out that total comes to 49 games. It's a sign. Our tie was on the 11th of September 1966. It was a 2020 tie. We've met six times in the divisional round. 49ers winning five of those. The only defeat came on the 9th of January 1988. And that was a 36-24 Vikings victory. And what made that, what I call it, special or peculiar? Peculiar. The Niners were by far the favourite team out of the two of them the Vikings were actually looking to get through the divisional round they came up against the Saints in the wild card and everybody expected the Saints to beat them but the Vikings turned the um, turned the form on its head and actually beat the Saints and then marched into candlestick and beat us as well so that was a bit of a shocker that but I mean we, re- we lead the series 5-1 in the playoffs there's never ever been a shutout between the two teams um, there's been a couple of uh, scores where they've only scored three, but no shutout. The 49ers own, own the only 50-burger of the series. That came on the 8th of December 1984. The previous year, they were only two points short with a 48-17 victory on the 8th of September 1985. Actually, I've got that date wrong. That should have been 83. Um the 49ers' biggest losing streak was between 63 and 65, where they lost five in a row. The Niners have managed a four-game winning streak twice since 1961. Those periods were 61 to 64, while playing in the Western Conference, and once in the Super Bowl era during the 88 to 90 seasons. The Vikings last won the NFL Championship before the merger and beginning of the Super Bowl era so that is effectively the nfc championship um but because it was before the super bowl they call it the nfl championship and it stands as a championship in its own right <laughs> believe it or not um prior to 1970 the first four super bowls were played between the nfl and afl champions just in case anybody was wondering about that so in 1969 the vikings were the the nfl champions um and i think I think that year it was the Kansas City Chiefs who was EFL champions. Super Bowl XI against the Raiders was watched by the third highest attendance at 103,438 in the Rose Bowl. Um, that was the Vikings and Raiders. And the biggest attendance ever in the Super Bowl was um, Super Bowl fourteen between the Steelers and Rams. And that was 103,985 also in the Rose Bowl. Players who've played for both teams. So, Ray Ray Armstrong. I was just about to say, you'd be surprised <laughs> to find out Ray Ray Armstrong is not one of those players. Oh. I don't <laughs> believe it. No yeah, way. He's got to have been on the practice I, squad. I checked the list three times just to <laughs> make sure. So, I mean, the most famous of them is Roger Craig, Randy Moss and Hugh McElhenney. Um, obviously, Randy Moss came to us for one season during 2012 when we got the Super Bowl against the Ravens. Um, he didn't particularly set the set the world on fire, 
but he was the type of threat that kept defenses honest. Um, I think he ended up with just under 400 yards receiving. Roger Craig, he spent two seasons at the Vikings. He never looked right in purple. It was just wrong for me. Um, sandwiched in between his time with the 49ers and um, the Vikings, he spent one year at the Raiders as well. Another running back who we all know most recently, um, you could call him Mr. Pyrex, and that is Jarek McKinnon. So he looked quite good when he was drafted and went over to the Vikings, and we kind of thought once we got him, it was going to be a really good signing. Unfortunately, he was plagued by injuries his first two seasons. His third season, he came in and didn't particularly set anybody's a light with what he did and then left <laughs> left in kind of under a cloud we'll say uh, and went to the Chiefs and won a Super Bowl ring and kind of showed what Kyle Shanahan saw him originally to bring him into the 49ers he just never ever showed at the 49ers um, the only other one of note and I think it's more personal to me I'm, I'm going to say Alex Boone so Alex Boone I think is a really good look story at uh, the 49ers because he spent so long on the practice squad I'm, I'm sure it was four seasons and he was getting to the point where that was it they wouldn't bring him back but he made it into the team and we got a good few years out of him as offensive guard and it was a little bit of a shame when he did leave in free agency because he was a decent he was a decent offensive guard and like I said he put the effort in to make the team, he was never he was never too despondent when he didn't make the roster, and he ended up on the practice squad all the time. Of all the games between the 49ers and um, and the Vikings, I think there's two two particular players that would stand out for both sets of fans. So I'll go with the 49ers, and if you don't know this player, you've been living under a rock. And this was Steve Young's legendary touchdown run. That was against the Vikings on the 30th of October 1988. He ran for 49 yards, stumbling into the end zone for the score. The commentary of that is amazing. It's really good to listen to, and it's the type of thing that gets you excited. It's, it's almost a little bit like the pick at the stick with Bowman running back. The commentators get really excited, but it was like a build-up to a crescendo right at the very end. Um, and it's well worth watching again on YouTube. There's plenty of videos out there. Now, the, now the Vikings player, <laughs> no Vikings fan would ever thank me for bringing up this. But Gary Anderson missed his first kick in two years in the NFC Championship game. And that kick would have effectively sealed a Super Bowl appearance for the Vikings team, who were, at the time, the best team in the NFL. They were tipped to win it all. They were that good. Randy Moss was in his prime. They just couldn't stop this team from scoring. Unfortunately, Gary Anderson had set a, a, a NFL record, not missing a single regular season kick. He'd gone through the playoffs. He'd gone through the previous season, not missing a single kick. And then when it mattered most, he went wide left. The, tick, the, the kick was so, so renowned. It's well documented on the sitcom, How I Met Your Mother, because Marshall is a Vikings fan. And there's a few different episodes where he says, don't mention the kick. <laughs> that is History Corner done with for this week. Actually, the most important thing to remember is, it's the Gowland Ball. It's the Gowland Ball, oh, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. my older brother is a Vikings fan. 
Is he is he feeling confident? I think he is after last week's win. What? I think he is. Okay. I mean, interesting. It's in Minnesota. They've come off the back of a win that he wasn't expecting. Um, I, I think it's going to be a large score for us, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, they did play the Bears without yeah, Justin Fields. it's a divisional Fields. game. Divisional without game. Justin Fields. <laughs> yeah. oh anyway, I'd throw a dip into History Corner as ever. Thank you very much, Lee. Should we go over to the scouts? We'll start with Paul. Paul's been looking at the Vikings' defence. Yeah, so for share, once, Gareth. Share the screen. Yep, Gareth, um, Nadji will put the depth chart for those people watching, for those people listening. Yep. We do have to keep pointing that out. Um, Brett, I'm not the one with a Vikings friend this week. Lee Gowland has the connection. I nearly reached out to Lee's brother, but I decided not to. I'll let him listen to this and see whether I've done a good job. So it's fair to say, chaps, that the Vikings looks like a much-improved defence this year through the six games compared to last year's unit, which, believe it or not, gave up the second-most yards through the air. We're facing yet another new defensive coordinator. There seems to be a theme when I'm doing this. So uh, Brian Flores... People may know Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots. So he has been brought in because the Vikings wanted a more aggressive scheme this year. So when I've gone and done my deep dive, Gareth, Flores has utilised a supercharged version of the scheme he's used to much success in the past. And when I say by that, this year alone, he has sent at least one extra pass rusher more frequently than any NFL team this season. And the stats confirm it. 63% of pass players they send an extra rusher, which is more than twice the current league average, which is 26.7%. So think New York Giants. Think that's the game plan that I believe the Vikings are going to come into Monday Night Football with. They're going to try and put Brock under pressure. Now, for those of you listening that might be worried, I wouldn't be. It hasn't disrupted the other quarterbacks often enough when I've gone and got the stats. The Vikings, believe it or not, despite all at Blitzen have the sixth lowest pressure rate at 32%. And this largely is due to the opposing QBs getting the ball out of the hands quickly, which is what we've seen Brock do. So I'm, I'm smiling because as long as it's not raining, I think Brock will be all right on uh, Monday. The opposing QBs have used on average 2.2 seconds before the throw against the Vikings Blitz, which is the shortest time in the NFL this season. Before I go on, does that surprise you chaps to find that out? that opposing QBs are just negating the pass rush by getting the ball out quickly? Or is that just standard for the NFL before I move on? No, I think they've got a good D-line, so it's not surprising. So I did go into the rankings, Nadji. So we like the stats on this show. So points against per game, the Vikings are conceding 22.5, which is ranked 21st in the NFL at the moment. They're giving up 331.17 yards. 15th at the moment, 218.83 passing yards, which comes out with 17th. And the rushing yards, they're giving up 112, which is 18th overall. So given that we've just faced the number one defence in the league, apparently, I know we are still smarting off that loss. We were only a field goal away from winning that. So I am very bullish that Carl Shanahan will be rubbing his hands together going up against this defence. In an effort to maximise the effectiveness of his scheme, as I said to you chaps off air, I normally say at this point, Gareth, to play 4-3, a 3-4. I honestly don't know what the Vikings play. It, it's that imbalanced when you watch some of the Vikings fans that 
I was checking out on Twitter, have actually questioned the makeup of this roster because of the 10 defensive players with the highest percentage of snaps this year, five are defensive backs, four are linebackers, and only one is a defensive lineman. And if you go and watch the game against the Eagles, they try to stuff a run play with only one lineman on the field. And it's just madness when you think what the Eagles can do in the run game. Now, defensive tackle, that's the one that tends to stay on the field so much, is Harrison Phillips. The Vikings list him at £307 on their website. He's played approximately 80% of snaps. And as I've just said at times, he's often the only defensive lineman on the field. But Flores has come out and defended his approach and said, basically, I don't care what position you play. It's about having the best 11 on the field. And he does rotate his defence, as in he's not too keen on the positions. If he thinks that you're going to do a job, he puts you out there. Now, we mentioned the Cleveland Browns. I forgot about this. Dalvin Tomlinson was at the Vikings last year. And it was a bit of a shock to Vikings fans that they let him walk. He signed a four-year £57 million deal with the Cleveland Browns. And to me, that sent a clear assessment that Flores decided that, unlike us with Nick Bosa or with Drake Jackson, Randy Gregory, he just believes that his strength in the blitz is coming from further back. And that shows on the stat sheet, which I'm getting to. The uh, linebacker, I might get his first name wrong because it's spelt like Daniela, but Hunter, number 99, is leading the way for this team at the moment with eight sacks. And he's when I've been doing my deep dive, I've found out that beside him, he's playing alongside, uh, there's another linebacker on there. I'm just trying to think of his name. You might be able to help me out with your chaps. There's the two of them. Um, Hicks, that's the one. He's yeah. the green dot wearer. So he's like their equivalent of Fred Warner. Now, what's interesting about Flores' scheme, he allows Hicks to change the players on the field, which is unheard of under the Flores, but Hicks has been playing that well. He started every game for the Vikings since arriving in 2022, and he hasn't missed a game since he came into the league. Now, I'm not saying Najee, he's Fred Warner, but we like our PFF on this show, and PFF has Hicks as the most pass rush snaps of any inside linebacker this season at 66, and he does rank in the top 10 of coverage grades at the moment. He's also second in the league for assisted tackles, and he's had two Fumble returns for 42 yards. Now, any other week, Gareth, I'd be feeling a little bit nervous, but we've got Fred Warner. We've got the best linebacker in football. But alongside Hunter, the pair of them are putting up a good kind of relationship in there. Now, I was shocked to find, and given that I'm 43, at 35 years of age, safety Harrison Smith is still the leader of this defence. He's still been making some splash, splash players. So far, he's had 14 tackles, three sacks, a forced fumble that was returned for a touchdown. So we're going to have a lot of fun watching this Flores defence because they're just blitz from all over and it's just unpredictable. It's not the standard that you would see under normal defensive coordinators. As I said, I've tried to keep this brief because I didn't want to ramble on for ages. Have you got any thoughts on what I've said or any questions before I hand over to Najee on the offence? Well, I'm going, to, I'm going to pick out two players then. There's two players that, um, obviously, every year, every every January, I've got, I'm head deep in the PFF mock draft, uh, draft simulator. That, that is definitely well documented. And there's two players on there <laughs> that, are particularly, 
that 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 particularly of interest to me, and that's Brian Asamoa and Ivan Pierce. Easy because I remember say. it is because I remember going through doing the mock drafts, thinking I wouldn't mind having one of the, either of those players based off where they're going to land in the mock drafts. I know it's not that accurate, but it's accurate enough to give you an idea of where they're going to go. Um, Naji, help me out. What, what's this CF before the twenty three? Is that uh, undrafted? Uh, yeah, it might be, actually. Uh, yeah, I, I think could, that might be undrafted, though. Well, you mentioned... Because Andre Carter was undrafted, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, maybe. So uh, you mentioned Asamoah. I was practising that. He does lead the team in the pass rush win rate. So he might not be blitzing as much, but when he does, he leads the team on, on successes. And that's why I was a little bit surprised with this, Lee. I think what... Flores does well with this offence. He confuses the offensive line because they don't know which defenders are coming from the blitz and it's a tactic that they used quite well against the Bears. They did kind of stuff up Justin Fields before he went, but a few Vikings fans are bullish, like you said. The the, the one against the Bears, so they're coming up against the 49ers, but um, there's a few other names there. Is it safety? So is, um, sorry, question. Is Asamo related to Namdi Asamo, the uh, Raiders? The cornerback. Yeah. Do you know? Because that would be interesting and uh, would make him a little bit more scary because Namdi was pretty good. Um, I, I wouldn't have thought so because Namdi was called uh, Asamoah the Third, which suggests he was called after mm. his father. Yeah. So Brian. So that wouldn't be the second, yeah, yeah. would be the fourth. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, would make sense. Unless they, yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah. So, so the other, the only other thing I was going to say, and this, this is well truly down a rabbit hole, but we'll go back to the old history corner there. So the right defensive end, Dean Lowry, isn't that what you called uh, Will Smith's character on Bad Boys? <laughs> I've no idea, potentially. No, I'm loving the movie I'm connections this year. So, so, <laughs> so, so the reason the reason I've brought that up is because during that game in 1988 where the Vikings beat us and it was completely against the run of play, they, they were unfavoured. Deadpool was their quarterback, Wade Wilson. Wade Wilson was quarterback of the Vikings, Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just saw Dean Lowry and I thought, I'm sure that's another movie character. <laughs> so they've had um, Deadpool and Dean Lowry. I might be wrong about that one, though. I'm sure and someone back will from the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, let us know in the comments if you know. Um, I want to touch on Jordan Hicks and Byron Murphy because they've been, a, a, you know, Arizona players have played that have played really well against us. And... Uh, especially Jordan Hicks. Uh, he's been very good, especially against us before he moved to the Vikings. So there's that connection. He knows us. He, you know, he's played against us a few times. And, yeah, I think he's a good player. So definitely going to watch for that. But, yeah, Pace is, is a rookie. I think Carl can take advantage of that. I have no idea who DJ Warnham is, uh, to be honest. Um, don't follow them in, enough. But I do think that's probably their weakest unit, the, the linebacker. Because if Jordan Hicks is blitzing 60% of the time or whatever, then they're only leaving two behind to cover, you know. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Sometimes they don't worried. even leave two to cover, Nadji. Sometimes he plays with three safeties. And, and I yeah, think that's yeah. what a lot of the analysts have said. Flores hasn't gone up against Kyle Shanahan. And like you said, the linebackers, yeah. that's where Shanahan likes to cause that confusion, doesn't he? But uh, I, I definitely think you know, McCaffrey's availability is just is going to potentially make or break uh, our offense here because if we do have McCaffrey, it makes it so much easier to 
negate the pass rush. Uh, it's a lot harder without him. And uh, if it comes from every angle, uh, it's a lot harder. I mean, you know, Purdy is still very much a rookie in terms of, you know, game time. Uh, he's processing things fast, but, you, you know, there's only Flores is very experienced and uh, might be able to rattle him. I, I wouldn't sleep too much on his defense, especially at home, especially, you know, the Vikings uh, fans are quite loud and quite proud and support the team pretty well, and it can get loud in a stadium and they can get behind him. Um, yeah, I wouldn't sleep too much on him, but also I think he could go our way pretty fast if if we had uh, if things go well this time around. They are ranked 28th out of 32 at the moment, Gareth, and... You know, not trying to be too bullish, Nadji. You're right in what you're saying. I just no, think... I, I think the definitely they were so bad last year that I think it's it's an uphill battle for them. But they are getting better, and then I think that's all they're looking for right now. And you know, one or two things go your way in a game, and you get a little bit giddy about it. And that's a defense that could start playing really well, really fast. So I, I'm I'm going to say one thing is mistakes are going to have to be to a minimum, otherwise. You know, Harrison Smith can take advantage of, uh, can have a pick six in no time. And Daniel Hunter has been a a very good pass rusher for quite a long time now. So uh, that's what I mean. You know, that's the kind of defense, if they're bad and you give them hope, it's it's very dangerous. And I can see them play well if they're given the chance. So we're going to have to put it better than we did against Cleveland. Mm. Definitely. I think the defense could cause us some problems. But what about the offense? Naji, what have you got for us? I think every, uh, everyone knows Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Um, and Justin Wilson is out. But other than that, this is going to be a, a voyage of discovery for me, personally. Well, the um, I think, obviously, Kirk Cousins is, is the big name on this. Uh, but we have the luxury of having Kyle knowing him inside out. And I think that's just so good for us because we know what he does well we know what he doesn't do well and we can take advantage of that and, and I'm sure Steel Wicks and Kyle will have lengthy discussions about how to attack him and how to make him the most uncomfortable possible um, because we, it's been a while we haven't mentioned it but Kirk Cousin is Kyle Shanahan's uh, favorite QB and he wants him and he wants to play with him. not anymore it's Brock we all know it's Brock and uh, <laughs> Kirk Cousin is a long dream but He's the reason he got drafted in into Washington back in the day. Um, so there is that connection. Now that that's been said, um, I think the biggest thing, obviously, apart from the Jefferson uh, injury, is the fact that they got rid of Darwin Cook. And um, for whatever reason, uh, I, I tend to trust teams that don't resign players like that. They must have seen or they know something that other teams don't know. Um but I think Alexander Madison and Cam Akers who played pretty well against us not that long ago. I think it was, what was it, week two? Um, you know, uh, or did he play? Did, I can't remember now. But he knows us too, is what I'm saying. Uh, could definitely hurt us a little bit. Um, and they, they can rely on the run. I think they're pretty balanced. So they, it, they could go run heavy. They could go pass heavy. They've got some very good weapons in here as well. Uh, you guys, what do you guys think of Mattison Akers? Ty Chandler, uh, I think, used to play, I can't remember, I'm going to butcher this, got drafted out of North Carolina, I believe. Uh, very good last year. Anyway, good rookie, good uh, good college player. Um, 
And you get scared of running back, uh, not running back. We're scared of ours, obviously. Theirs. And, and they've got a proper fullback as well, which is quite rare. No, I think because of what happened on Sunday night, the defence are going to come out incredibly mm. fired up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, 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 and and we got the greatest trade player of all time, Randy Gregory. So I think we should be okay. <laughs> I don't think um, he's been as good the replacement running back Najee as a lot of people thought. Dalvin no. Cook was someone you go to in your fantasy leagues, mm. and then he got released. But I don't think they've ran the ball as well. Um, maybe that's because they had Justin Jefferson, and now he's not there. Yeah. <laughs> like like Gareth, I don't know a lot about the Vikings. I knew Kirk Cousins, I knew Justin Jefferson, because Jefferson's arguably the best receiver in the league. And I'm going to be controversial. I'm gutted he's not playing. I would have liked mm, to have seen same. him go yeah. up against mm. who we know is the best receiver, which is Brandon Ayuk. But I actually kind of like <laughs> being yeah. up by his <laughs> No, that's, that's true. What about you, Gareth? Any of those names? I think you? It's going to be difficult to uh, to find some pass catchers amongst that that group um i think it's at the tight end i think tj Hawkinson yeah, is 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 probably their best weapon he got paid a lot of money last year mm. uh, rightfully so maybe i don't know uh titans are a bit of a commodity if you find a good one you might as well sign him i think that's the uh that's that's the story here um yeah definitely that i mean yeah jordan addison was very good at usc um but again a rookie Am I worried about him? Not necessarily. I think he could definitely have, you know, a fair few catches and 100 yards. But just a little bit like last year, I think we've let people do that quite a bit. And without being too impactful, I remember Cooper Cup having so many catches last yeah. year. And not much of an impact. He has scored a touchdown, but ultimately you lose, you know, 25 to 10. It doesn't really matter how much catches you have. Um, and then KJ Osborne is a bit of a speedster, isn't it? Uh, short guy on the outside who can definitely take the top off if you let him. But yeah, no, I agree. I think the patch catching, especially with Jefferson out, is uh, definitely nowhere near as good as they could have been. Um, but let's face it, Fred is much better than anyone. So Hawkinson doesn't really uh, scare me all that much. Um, any Jordan Addison, Lee, do you have any any thoughts, considering he's a Pac-12? Receiver? No, not really. I mean, as a whole, the Vikings' offense has some weapons that could cause us problems. I don't see Jordan Edison as being one of those that um, is particularly going to cause us problem. And you've pointed out that the one that I'm worried about, and that's Hawkinson, because yeah. he is a very good tight end. Um, but then again, if that's the only target that Kirk Cousins is going to, we're going to soon shut that down. Yeah. I think the biggest miss for them is Justin Jefferson because he was their go-to guy pretty much all game long, every single game. But I'm still a little bit worried about this um, about this offense. I still think they can put points on us. Mm. I don't think it's. I, I don't think it's definitely we're not definitely not going to hold them to under ten points. That's for sure. I like their O line. I, mm -hmm. I think when they're healthy, their O-line is a good O-line, which is why Kirk Cousins has, has largely been so successful over the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, they've done well at adding the pieces they did. I've mentioned Ezra Cleveland. Apparently, he might be one of the guys that gets traded away. Oh. And I think if we were to make any sort of trade, I wouldn't mind it to be Ezra Cleveland. 
is a I left guard we'll... though. We don't need a left guard. But yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, that, that was my next point. I was going to. Um, we've been playing mostly uh, lines that have been kind of made this year or very recently with recent addition. This one's been together for quite some time now. They've had the whole line for for a while, and these guys know each other pretty well. And the Kirk cousin, you know, directs them pretty well too. Uh, they're a very good unit. They they're not the best by far, but I think experience and playing together as a unit when you're in a line trumps a lot of uh, deficiencies that you can have even though you're some better player might not gel as well on, on other teams um, but yeah I definitely agree I think if they miss him though you always have that having a new guy in that needs to adapt and learn how everything runs and it's not quite as sleek as it should be so that's definitely something we can take advantage of and I think um, maybe Mr. Javon Hargrave can have a game and uh, yeah. take advantage of that. If, uh, Christian Dariso is very, very good though, so um, it's going to be a it's going to be a tough battle for uh, Jackson. Maybe uh, we've we've asked him to have a bit of a revival and show us what he showed us in game one. I think this all line is a good test for for our D line, definitely. Well, I think just off the limited snaps that uh, Randy Gregory had on Sunday night, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot more of Randy Gregory opposite Bosa. Because he yeah, looked me quick, too. he looked elusive, and, and he looked as though he's the type of player that, given a proper run in the side, he's going to get a sack. Yeah, it seems to think that uh, Clayton Farrell has been kind of downgraded to more of a, a rush stopper, a run stopper, and uh, and Randy Gregory would come in on, on pass downs. Uh, and Clayton Farrell has been playing quite well, I think. It's just, it just doesn't have quite the same skill set that we need when we need to get to the QB and seeing Randy Gregory do what he did last week after basically no practice whatsoever and then having to get on a plane back to where you came from almost <laughs> um, and play that well. I think that's, that's definitely a good sign. I wouldn't expect too much either though. I, you know, it could just be completely silent. It doesn't mean that the trade would go back down to a C minus. It's definitely a B minus so far. Um, and uh, yeah, I've, that's all I've got. Uh, unless you guys have got questions about a particular player or scheme, no, I uh, think that's, yeah. that, that's pretty good. I must admit, I haven't seen really or heard much too much about him. But Jordan Addison, I think I got that right. He was a first round pick. Mm-hmm. And one thing the the Vikings always seem to have good receivers. True. They're a bit like Steelers. They always seem to have been able to draft, and and they've always seemed to got one good receiver, uh, or if not two. So. Mm, it could be interesting. Obviously, with Jefferson out, he might have more of a chance to shine. Yeah, um, he had a very, very, very good year. Mm, last year. Um, but he had Kelly Williams as a quarterback, so whether it was him or not. But yeah, no, he was good at USC, for sure. You'd think that, Gareth, but I've just Googled it there. Hawkinson's tied for the league lead in targets and receptions for tight ends, and I know Lee's just said he's a bit worried, but we got Fred Warner. Yeah. And you look at the stats there, Madison, who was tasked with the workload, 2.8 yards per carry. They've averaged oh, less than 50 yeah. yards. Now, the last two weeks, they've played the Chargers, they've played the Panthers, and they've averaged over 130 yards and more than five yards a carry. Panthers, but the Chargers are quite soft, and the mm-hmm. Panthers are the Panthers. You go to the other four games, which I looked at. In the NFL, if your run game's not working very well, you need your pass game to step up. And they've only got Hawkinson, but I thought you might have mentioned a little bit about number thirteen, Nikel, because wasn't mm-hmm. he a first round pick as well? 
Yeah, I'd kill Harry. Yeah, yeah but I mean, at this point, he, he's been in the league for what five years now and still hasn't done anything when he got drafted by the Patriots that, um, that long ago. Patriots. I couldn't remember yeah, who it yeah. was. Um, I don't think. I don't think and, he's that good. Otherwise, hey, he's not even starting. You know, is no. Think... It's just a name, like no, no, yeah, you're right, the list. It's a bit like Cam sure. Akers. My friend, who was a Rams fan, told me they were releasing him, and then he texted me enough for a couple of hours later. And was like, the Vikings have traded for him. We were getting rid of him, and Akers yeah. hasn't done anything at the Vikings. So, no. I just, I'm, I think after being punched in the mouth last week, even if CMC can't play, I just, really I just check. think this is going to be. The game, I think we're going to shine in prime time. And we all talk about superstitions, the curse of the watch party. Kirk Cousins doesn't tend to play very well in the bright lights. True. And we've all seen that Drake meme, Nadji, where Carl <laughs> Shanahan's now turned away from Kirk. He's got Brock. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Wonderful. Thank you, Nadji. Good to uh, look over the offence there. Thank you. Any final thoughts on where we think the game is going to be won and lost? In a trenches. I must admit, I'm expecting a bit of a bounce-back game from Purdy. Not that he has a lot to bounce back from, but I think uh, there's going to be a tidy game for him. And I also think our, our D-line is, is going to get after Cousins. Uh, I think Shanahan in particular, is going to know what Kirk does and doesn't like yeah. um, and is going to set up some confusion for him, make him hold on to the ball uh, and, and get some time for our guys to get the pass rush home. Uh, and on top of having no run game, I think that the plan is to stifle them out. And hopefully, injuries aside, even if those guys aren't practising, that allows Shanahan to work with some of those other players. We may see a bit more Ronnie Bell, of course. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod getting those first team reps with the other players uh, who I imagine are not practising, even if they are going to be ready for the game. Um, and hopefully we'll be in a little bit better game plan and better positioned than having to make those adjustments during the game. If we expect those players to be out or limited, there might be a bigger role for someone else. That's my thoughts. Uh, any others on where the game's going to be won or lost? No, I think that's pretty well, pretty well said. I agree. Yes, there we go. Yeah, concise. Should uh, just touch that instead of the five-minute podcast. <laughs> oh, Lee's going to say something. No, no, no. I completely agree with what you've all just said. That there we go. Should we go on the score predictions then? The business uh, end of the podcast. Let um, we. And- that's the thing. We have to redeem ourselves. We. Uh, very okay. poor last week. Very, very poor. Well, while you think about it, the Niners are 6.5 point, 6.5 point favourites. That's a lot. Does that make sense? Yeah, 6.5 yeah. point favourites. 6.5 point. <laughs> yeah. That, that's big for a road team. Uh, and yeah. the over-under is 44. So I, I need to have a look at the formulas because I think Nadji should have had two points on Sunday. Why? Because she got 14. 17, 17 19. We, we should lost. have points yeah, deducted. Yeah. So you, you, you're within five. No, within three. We have to be with. You have to be within three. It's a field goal. All yeah. right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. No. I was close. I'll let you off. Don't no, be nice. Well, to I'll get no points. I'll take, no I'll points take the two points if you want. I'll, I'll, I'll try to help. I'll try to help. <laughs> it's very it's generous. Gareth but... is so competitive. Don't try and help him. He's trying to add points for me and you using our catchphrases on other shows, Lee. So don't be helping him. <laughs> the rules are set, Nadji. The rules so are set. So many times. So many times. Fantastic. 
Uh, so who is who's top? Who's going first? So I think must be Lee or Paul. I think so, Paul went first last time. He right? did. He did. So yeah, I think so ah, you're first. Yeah. This time. Okay then. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to go with Forty Nine ers win. It'll be a bounce mm-hmm. back win, and I think it's going to be thirty four seventeen. Well, well, well. Nice, Paul. Well, Gareth, the over under is forty four. So the Niners win this one, thirty one to thirteen. Purdy bounces back and gets another thirty. So slightly close to Lee's, but there's going to be a bit of uh, Texan back and forth if one of our scores gets close. So 31-30, Niners win for me, chaps. That's really nice. That's really nice. And um, I I have to agree with you. And again, after watching the the first half of the Browns game back, we should have won that game by 30 points. And I think if, if just two things go well our way, we destroy them and then they'll Stop playing and we lose the game big. We're going to win this one in prime time. 42 to 14. Mm. Bounce back. That's a bounce back. Dallas Cowboy Beat. vibes. Yeah. Yes, that's what we're going to well, do. I think I've been forced to slightly revise mine, given that it was one point different from Paul's, uh, <laughs> which and I, I did have 30 to 13. So I'm uh, just to switch it out, I'm going to go for... Uh, 34 13. So same as Lee 13. All right, cool. It's all very close. It's mm. all very close. We all we all get within three points of each other. Any, for, for any boldies? I've got one. We're gonna uh, sack Kirk Cousins six times. Oh, that would be that'd be dirty. Yeah, I uh, I actually got my strip sack fumble touchdown last week. Wrong person, I admit it, but I did predict that, that would. Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the refs took it away from me. It was Bosa instead of Hargrave. But this week, Hofanger, pick six. Tashan Gibson, pick six. Fred Warner, pick. Ooh, three picks. Three picks. So I'm, I'm going to go for pretty much the same one as I went last week. Because of what I saw from Randy Gregory, I'm expecting him to get more snaps this week. So I'm going to go with the Randy Gregory three-sack game. Nice. Is he is he going to be become your player watch? Are you going to swap because you like him? Clearly, you have a crush. No, I so tell. I mean, I, I pick up McKivitz. I know, and, and I think it's more interesting to see how his his season progresses. It is interesting. I was going to go with Fred Warner, but I did have a couple stashed, so I'll, I'll move away from that. Jake Moody bounces back, Gareth, and is perfect. Uh-huh. Some might say that's not bold, but given the talk I've seen on social media, mm. that is bold. And I think yeah. it's the Jordan Mason show. Jordan <sighs> Mason's going to rush in for two touchdowns, 150 yards, and he's also going to get three receptions in the air. So it's the Jordan Mason wow. game. That's where I'm going like with this it. one, Nadji. Thought you'd like, I like it. it. I and cannot. I did have cousins for three interceptions, but Nad- I'd rather have Nadji's. <laughs> Very good. All right, nice. Very nice. Wonderful stuff. Do we uh, do we have any other announcements um, now that it's the watch party is over? Eye. It's a red game. It's a red eye. Red game, people. It is, it's Tuesday, one one o five, one fifteen a.m. It's cool night. This one, not cool. I not do. cool. I do have one. So if you watched the show last night, El Presidente put a call to arms. He wants us all to vote for him to be the international fan of the year. Yep. Me and Lee. Have been trying to find out how yeah, to do that we today. Have. So, there's good news, Lee. 
is I've found out that um, we've got until I think all applications must be submitted by the 31st of December and we need to liaise with the 49ers because I don't know whether they have some say because link I found is like the other one Lee where you kind of nominate yourself and you fill in the yeah. questionnaire so I don't know if you found a different one no so that's the only one I found but I do recall I, I clicked on a link a couple of weeks ago when when it first came out uh, back into September and it actually had a different screen that said who would you like to nominate you didn't have to put okay. the birth in or anything like that but I can no longer find that link <laughs> no I, and then I have what no idea where it's at fusing is if you go through the NFL website, you end up on the NFL fan of the year, not the yeah. international fan of the year. But what I'm thinking is oh, we can so still start. Okay. Yeah, there's yeah. two different things, Nadji. So what we can do is we can start the social media campaign and get behind Lee. Give this man a seat. Sorry, wrong campaign. Martin Hughes <laughs> will get that reference. <laughs> mm-hmm. Had to be done, Lee. Oh, that's to be done. never leaving you. You know that. You should have I, not I, told I, anyone. He didn't. Oh, well, Martin, Martin Hughes, did. Hughes was there. <laughs> no, Martin I know. Hughes yeah, was there. <laughs> but, I no, mean, I just... I, I, as soon as it happened, I knew that's it. Because Hughes, he was stood next was Yeah. Oh, but I, All jokes aside, if we can find out how to nominate Lee, yeah, um, we'll I'm sure we're, we sure we'll let we'll you all know, because... It would be pretty epic if we can get Mr. Gowland recognized as international Definitely. fan of the year. And I, I think for the people that may be thinking, oh, you know, he's already president. Why should I do that? It's, I think it's like a representation of the whole group and what he's been able to achieve. And what the group is, is mainly because of him himself. And it's just a way of saying thank you back kind of thing. Just do it. Takes two seconds when we find out how to do it. Or the PSA, go on Facebook and tell us about the watch party and... Uh, try and follow the exact template because it makes it easier to compile. That's why we do it. And yeah. also, uh, if you are using any of Wayne's picture, just tag him in. He's taking he's taking time out of his life, not working but working, to take all these amazing picture. He doesn't have to do that. He does it at the kindness of his heart. So I'll repay it back and tag him in and say thank you because he's a legend. He is. Absolutely. On that note, Nadji, it was epic to see the 49ers use his group photo. And yeah, if you yeah. haven't seen the 49ers social media release from the watch party, I've got to say, I wasn't expecting it to be as good as what it was and to be out as quickly as what it was. And yeah, like it was you good. said, Nadji, it's, re- it's a representation of all the group. Mm-hmm. That's what Sunday night was. Everybody's efforts, everybody represents. But we're, we're going to be sharing the photos of Joe. We're going to be sharing the photos that the 49ers <laughs> released. And Wayne... I just want to say a big thank you once again, like what yeah, Nadja said. Absolute yeah. legend. And Probably. less True than legend. a month to the gold mine. Yeah. 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 It's getting closer and closer and closer and closer. It's going to be fun. Wonderful. I think that's it. Thanks for joining me, lads. Good thank to you. have us all back together. Uh, and thanks to everyone that listens to and watches the show. We will be back a little later next week as it is Monday Night Football. So we'll have to see when we can record. But until then, enjoy your weekend and go Niners. Go Niners. Bang, bang, now and again. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with Rob Tom. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side.